Welcome to Mother Miriam Live on the Station of the Cross Catholic Radio Network with live video streaming brought to you by LifeSite News and the Station of the Cross. Call Mother with your questions at 1-877-511-5483 or email her at mother at thestationofthecross.com. You can view the live stream on Facebook at Mother Miriam Live. Now, here's Mother Miriam. Good morning, my beloved family. Um, good to be with you. I hope you're well. I am better than I was yesterday. I'm so sorry. This cold and throat or whatever it is that I've had has just been lingering and I couldn't keep my eyes open yesterday. So for those of you who watched the first half of the program and saw me fall asleep uh, 20 times. I, I apologize to you. So sorry, but I feel very much alive today. So we're going to stay awake. If we can, we will. Um, you know, I'd love to get back to uh, going through the catechism together and uh, speaking about our glorious, glorious, glorious faith. Um, but there's so much going on about the elections. I, I don't even want to be worried about harping on that because it's so vital the the life of our uh, everything our church um, our nation our freedoms uh, the world everything is at stake in this election um, I received a recent email who um, from a, a dear friend who really thinks I'm way off and um, from other Catholics who are clear on on uh, their voting for Biden, uh, the moral issues are not even brought up. It's just that they can't stand our current president. And um, if you listen to the debate between our two candidates, um, President Trump and ex-Vice President Biden, if you listen to the debate between the two um, potential vice presidents last night. Um, it is so awful, so un, un, unintellectual, so degraded that the um, both Democratic uh, potential candidates, both Democratic candidates, not potential, um, hardly ever speak about their plan and what they're going to do. They hardly answer any questions. All they do is harp on what they feel is wrong with this present administration and what has been done and what hasn't been done. They, they talk about what's wrong with the nation, but they do not clearly put a plan in place. Um, I, I, it is such a puzzle to me how... Um, you know, we've said, well, Catholics who want to vote for the, uh, what has been called the party of death, it must be called the party of death because uh, abortion uh, will be legalized from the moment of conception right through birth. If a child is born and not wanted or a botched abortion, the child will be killed uh, at the parents or the doctor's whim. Uh, same-sex marriage, homosexuality, uh, all of that. There's no such thing as same-sex marriage, but so-called marriage. Um, every evil, uh, I've been told it's not church teaching that you can't be Catholic and vote for Democrat, but it is. It is. Uh, that The sentence about the Trinity is not in Scripture. 
the word incarnation is not in scripture. The word purgatory is not in scripture. And yet we take from the scripture that those are non-negotiables. They are truths about the one God, the three persons in one God. Well, the scripture doesn't say you cannot be a Democrat or Catholic and vote Democratic. Of course it doesn't say that. My goodness, at the time of this, there was no Democratic Party. There was no America. But um, it does say in the commandments, thou shalt not kill. That certainly covers abortion and euthanasia. Um, homosexuals, slanderers, gossipers, uh, murderers will not enter the kingdom of ke- heaven. Well, that, that covers everything. Uh, homosexuals, same-sex so-called marriage, abortion, euthanasia, uh, same-cell research, because there's, you, you have to get that from a live baby. So it's just awful. Um, that's why they've been called the five non-negotiables. Other issues can be negotiated based on certain circumstances. There can be exceptions made, or what is just war and all of that. But These are non-negotiables. So when someone says the Catholic Church doesn't teach that, they're wrong. It's right in the commandments. It's right in the scriptures. Thou shalt not kill. So it doesn't say thou shalt not commit abortion, but it does in the Old Testament. Whoever killed a woman um, who was pregnant and the baby was killed, that was considered murder. And they were put to death. So it is beyond me how... Again, so-called faithful Catholics, some people I know who call themselves Catholic through and through, still don't get it. And I, 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 I have to tell you, I'm, I'm heartsick from it, but I'm, I'm shocked. I just don't understand it. Some of these people I know... And they know the teachings of the church. They know canon law. They know apologetics. They know all of this. And they're voting based on emotion. Uh, They may say not, but they are. um, Because they don't happen to like our current president or past Republicans or whatever it is. It's just an awful, awful situation, beloved. We cannot vote for who we like. This is not about us. This is about... Um, what is good for the country and what is good for the world. And approving abortion, abortion at any stage, what could be more important than that? Than, the, than putting to death, I think, the estimated 60 million children a year. What could be above that? What on earth could be above that? Voting for a president who will uh, cement that, Uh, voting for president who himself has conducted a so-called same-sex marriage. Uh, It's just unthinkable to me. It has nothing to do with personal taste or personality. It has to do with caring for souls and the future of the human race. And so, and, and again, the abolishment of the family, which gives no promise to the human race whatsoever. And so... Forgive me if I'm harping on this too much, but we just sent out an email two days ago. Those of you on our email list would have received it. The headline of it was Urgent Matter, and um, 
We included the voter's guide on the five non-negotiable issues, which we printed with permission, and uh, a little note from me uh, on why we're doing this. And then uh, I want to tell you the actual booklet is at our printer. And if you wish copies of it, number one, you can go to our website, www.motherofisraelshope.org, and you can download it right from our homepage. Uh, free. There's no cost. Now, we have a, a good amount of cost ahead of us because we're printing thousands of copies, but we're going to give them to you free. And so if you receive the email or uh, the booklet will be in the mail next week because it takes time to print it, it will be in the mail to you next week. And I've said in my note, uh, you can order as many copies as you want because we've printed... Um, about, um, well, we haven't printed that many extra, about 600 extra. So we will have that and we will give them to you free. So if you get the email, if you get the regular mailing with the hard copy in it, um, you can give us a call or send an email and just let us know how many you want. If you want a hundred, we'll, if we have it, we'll send you a hundred and there'll be no charge. So, um, uh, I, I just say time is of the essence. I I cannot imagine a more important issue right now in our country, in our church, for our individual lives, if you want to be selfish about it, than this coming election. Um, and so, again, you you heard even Vice President Pence last night running down what the president of this United States believes he uh, in the, the pro-life arena and in other matters. You, you didn't hear what Biden believes. You did not hear because all you heard was rhetoric against Trump. Um, you, you, you heard that they believe that women will continue to have a choice. That's nice language. It should be rewarded, reworded rather that we will vote for women to continue to have the right to murder their children. That's what it should say. Women have the right to murder their children uh, who are in their womb, who God has created, who they had a part, co-creation of the flesh, but that God has created that individual. No human being, no man and woman can create a soul. God is the one who creates that soul. And, we, and, and it should say we believe that women have a choice to murder the soul of the life in them that God has created, yes, through their action, but to murder that baby. We need to speak in clear language, um, and that, that may wake up a few people. Uh, there's the music for our first break, beloved. We'll be right back after the break. And um, we haven't taken your calls for quite over a week now. So when we come back, beloved, call in with anything on your heart, toll free, 1-877-511-5483 or email at motheratthestationofthecross.com. And we will begin to take your calls when we come back. Your calls and your emails and your text. Don't go away.
LifeSite News is an international news agency devoted to defending life and family and restoring Christian culture. We aim to educate and activate our readers with the information they need to fight the most crucial battles of our day in their churches, workplaces, and families. Our motto is Caritas in Veritate, love in truth. We firmly believe that promoting the truth is an act of love, however hard it is to hear. Over the last 20 years, we have built a reputation for uncompromising reporting, no matter the cost. LifeSite News is by far the most popular pro-life website on the internet, with over 40 million unique users every year and growing. Check us out at LifeSiteNews.com. here on the Station of the Cross for the Liturgy of the Hours at 5 a.m., 3 p.m., and 9.30 p.m. Eastern with the Office of Readings read at 3 o'clock. In the Gospel of St. Matthew, chapter 18, verse 20, Jesus tells us, Where two or three are gathered together in my name, there am I in the midst of them. The Liturgy of the Hours is also known as the Divine Office and is the daily prayer of the Church. So you know you'll be uniting your prayer with priests, religious, and laity throughout the world. It's comprised of small reflections, readings from sacred scripture, and writings from saints and theologians. To learn more about the Liturgy of the Hours, visit thestationofthecross.com. That's thestationofthecross.com. Pray with us each day at 5 a.m., 3 p.m., and 9.30 p.m. Eastern, right here on the Station of the Cross Catholic Radio Network. Welcome to Mother Miriam Live on the Station of the Cross Catholic Radio Network with live video streaming brought to you by LifeSite News and the Station of the Cross. Call Mother with your questions at 1-877-511-5483 or email her at mother at thestationofthecross.com. Welcome back, beloved family, to Mother Miriam Live. Um, I'm so glad that you're here. Uh, and again, if you experienced yesterday where I couldn't stay awake, um, I uh, apologize again to you. And um, we're back today and we are awake. And because I kept falling asleep yesterday, I'm going to uh, go over again Michael's email and Rosa as well. Um Michael uh, emails in. He says, hello, mother. I'm 34 and am married with three kids. My wife and I were raised Catholic, but our families were culturally Catholic. They made us go to CCD, but the faith was not passed on from our parents. Right after we married, we discovered the traditional mass. There at age 29, my wife and I got the catechism. We were never... Uh, we never got growing up. CCD for us was Jesus loves you, be nice. Our parents and siblings are not practicing. And they think the most important thing is getting Trump out. Uh, I'm going to interrupt your email, Michael, to uh, repeat a, a statement that uh, Kamala Harris made last night that uh, Biden is a practicing Catholic. Oh, he is not. He is not. Um uh, one who goes against the essential teaching of the Catholic Church uh, 
is not a practicing Catholic, but is in mortal sin, uh, such as approving abortion, participating in the laws that create abortion, again, homosexual so-called marriage, euthanasia, murder. Um, No one who approves these things uh, are practicing Catholics. Absolutely not. They um, um, They are practicing being in mortal sin. Uh, and someone says, Mother, you can't judge that. Yes, I can. We're told to judge that. If your brother sins, go to him. If he doesn't repent, take someone else. If he doesn't repent, then tell it to the church. Yes, we, of course we need to judge one another. We can't, we can't judge the heart. We can't judge knowledge and motives and intentions. We can't judge, but we must judge acts. How else do we raise our children? How else do we love each other by correcting one another? Of course we judge what a person is doing, not the person, but what they're doing. God hates, loves the sin, hates the sinner. We must hate sin also. Okay, I'll continue. Thanks, Michael. Continue with your email. Um, Michael says that his parents are pro-life, but but say that's one issue. You see, that's the problem right there. A murder is one issue. Well, somebody will come into your house and, and murder your child or whatever it is, and, and you, you're, you're horrified, you're against it. You say, well, that's only one issue. Well, what do you think about children in cages or, or climate change? The, the parents won't even be able to discuss those things with you if you've killed their child. My goodness, it's, it's, it's Twilight Zone to me. He says his parents are all strongly supportive of immigrants, LGBTQ. There's no practicing Catholic who is supportive of LGBTQ. Uh, people in the Old Testament were murdered by God for such lifestyle and all the rest, he says. He says, I have tried to gently inform to no avail. My, 60, my 68-year-old mother will outright, excuse me, will outright say, she is a cafeteria Catholic. Now I remember falling, as- dozing off yesterday, falling asleep. Now I have hiccups, uh, but I do remember saying there will be no cafeteria Catholics in heaven. If you pick and choose, um, you're not a practicing Catholic, and you will not be in heaven. Uh, Matthew chapter seven: People came to Jesus, and Lord, let us in. And he said, depart from me, I never knew you. But, but we did this, and we did that, and we did that, and we did that, and we served the poor and all that. He said, depart from me, I never knew you. You cannot, you cannot invent your own Catholicism. Michael continues, <clears throat> um, it has gotten to the point where we do not talk politics or religion with our parents and siblings. Our children are five, three, and ten months We homeschool and hope to give our kids better catechesis than we got. Our parents love their grandchildren, but as they get get older, we worry our parents and siblings will voice ideas that contradict the values we are teaching our kids. Other than praying, what can we do? God bless Michael. Um, Excuse me. Michael... You must directly confront your parents and siblings, apart from the children being present. You must lovingly say to them, we don't uh, come against you, we don't judge you, we don't condemn you for not having our faith, 
faith from beginning to end um, is a gift. It's not a matter of how we were raised. It's a matter of the grace of God penetrating our hearts and our adhering to that and wanting it and wanting God above anything else. Faith is a gift. So we don't come against you. We don't uh, judge you or anything else. But we do say that before God, we are stewards of our children. And we want to raise them in the Catholic faith, which you may not agree, agree with or even know completely. It, it, we're not uh, coming against you for that. But we will not allow that. Any conversation contrary to the faith or what we believe is true uh, to happen in the presence of our children. So if you come to visit with our children, um, we ask you to have no conversation that will come against the Catholic faith whatsoever, regardless of what you believe. If we visit you with our children, the same thing. We want them to hear only what is true of our faith. They're too young. If they were older, they could dialogue, but they're too young, and all they do at this stage of their life is absorb like little sponges, and we want to teach them what we believe is God's uh, church and faith. So we ask that. If you don't agree, if you cannot withhold conversation that that represents cafeteria Catholicism and whatever it is, then we will need to visit you or you will need to visit us without the children present. And to your parents, Michael, we know you love your grandchildren. The last thing in the world we want to do for your sake and theirs and ours is keep you from them. But if you speak against the tr- truth... Um, we will have no choice but to do that. And if you're not sure if something is true or not, then just call us aside and express what you want to express, and we'll let you know if it's appropriate or not. And you need to be unemotional, but very, very, very clear that uh, if they if they if they refuse to continue, if they come against it, um, you'll simply need to cut them off from your family. <laughs> Excuse me as much as that will hurt. Um, so uh, we're going to go on to Rosa. We also have um, uh, a Rosa with an email, and we have a different Rosa calling in from California. But hold on a minute. I need to take a little sugar. Um, a, teen, a teaspoon of sugar makes the medicine go down and makes the hiccups go away. I'm almost with you. It's worked every time. Let's hope it works this time, too. Rosa, dear one, calling in from California. Hello. Yes, hello, Mother. Um, Thank you for taking my call. Thanks for calling. Yes, I know. Uh Um, (laughs) Well, first, let me say you are a trooper. You're amazing. (laughs) Oh, you're amazing um, yourself. I I fall asleep and you tell me I'm amazing. That's terrific. (laughs) Well, yes. I mean, I probably would have been out for a week, you know, and you're right back at him. Um, Mm -hmm. Well, let me tell you, one reason I called is 
um, I heard your a part of your um, uh, four-part series on, um, you know, the change of the dress for the nuns and different kinds, you know, the feminism, all that kind of thing. Yes. What that brought, dropped down to me, which is which is relevant to what you're talking about, is what I would like you to comment on is the power of language and oh, yes. the pow- the power of habituation. And what I mean by that is that there's a term, it's like you learn it in biology or medicine or whatever, I'm in medicine, but there's a term that habituation means that you might be introduced to something you don't like um, or something that, a stimulus that is painful. But over time, it's that yep. thing, everyone will understand that, you know, frog in the boiling water. So yep. over time, it starts to become normalized to where you don't hear it anymore. Mm-hmm. And what has just, you know, just drives me crazy. Anyone who has, you know, a few, um, you know, a little tread on their tires, you know, you start hearing the same thing that you heard when you were 20 and 30 and wondering how did it recycle? And it recycles because, as they say in business, training and marketing the old ones will either die or retire or the and the new ones coming up won't know the difference so i just received so we say things like abortion we call it murder we are so habituated to hearing those terms which they are all true and right. we need to hear but it keeps us in this cycle of right. those words and then the arguments against those words there are so many women i have dealt with in inpatient eating disorder clinics from Catholic families who have undergone abortions, let's say when they were 17, they were drunk, and um, and one parent wanted an abortion, one parent didn't want an abortion, and um, and they then go on, and then all these other problems come up. And unless you have an astute clinician that can go back and go, ah, that might be the, not the cause necessarily of the eating disorder you're seeing right there, but it starts the, the, the ball rolling down the hill, but nobody puts these together. Now, let me circle back to language. I get um, all kinds of things from the most liberal to the most conservative just because of interest and I'm too lazy to delete things from my inbox. So there was one, uh, something on a thing called change.org which is petitions, and it started out petitions even, you know, having to do with uh, kids who weren't getting the medications they needed, et cetera. I got one the other day that talked about a kitten, a little kitten, and it made sure it had a name, and it said, these kittens have names. And then they go about discussing how it's put to death for experiments, and it is almost exactly how you do a partial-term abortion. Rosa, hold on, dear one. You hear the yeah. music. You know, I'm I'm just letting you go because what you're saying is right on the money, as they say, um, is perfect, absolutely perfect. So hold on, please, till after the break, and we'll we'll continue. And anyone else that wishes to call in, our lines are open. You're welcome to call in, toll free one eight seven seven five one one five four eight three, or email at mother at the station of the cross dot com. We'll be right back.
We stand at a crossroads in history. We can stand up for life, family, and a Christian culture, or we can stand idly by while the fabric of society becomes fundamentally anti-life, anti-family, and anti-Christian, slowly leading to its own demise. LifeSite News is the leading defender of life, family, and Christian culture. Through our news reporting, we seek to educate readers with information and zeal. They need to fight the most crucial battles of our day, and we need your help to continue that mission. You can support LifeSite News by following our social media pages on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Another way to support LifeSite is to prayerfully consider becoming a Sustain Life monthly donor to help us continue to save lives in the culture. To donate, visit give.lifesitenews.com forward slash sustain life. Our staff of over 40 and millions of future generations, thank you for helping to save the culture. Hello, beloved. This is Mother Miriam. Would you like to wake up each morning to inspiring sermons from knowledgeable and faith-filled priests? You can tune in to Sermons for Everyday Living every day at 6 a.m. Eastern on the Station of the Cross. You can listen on the thestationofthecross.com or anytime on the free iCatholic Radio mobile app. God bless you. Each weekday from 10 to 11 a.m. Eastern, the Station of the Cross brings you Mother Miriam Live. What do we mean by the end of man? By the end of man, we mean the purpose for which he was created, namely to know, love, and serve God. Tune in from 10 to 11 a.m. Eastern for Mother Miriam Live on the Station of the Cross and our free iCatholic Radio mobile app. You can also watch the video stream every day on Facebook or on YouTube. Welcome to Mother Miriam Live on the Station of the Cross Catholic Radio Network with live video streaming brought to you by LifeSite News and the Station of the Cross. Call Mother with your questions at 1-877-511-5483 or email her at mother at thestationofthecross.com. Welcome back, dear ones. Um, we are on the line with Rosa from California, who I hope you're listening very carefully to what she's talking about is so true and um, and so missed in today's culture. Rosa, dear, please continue. Yes, thank you, Mother. Um, so when we came to the break, um, I was recounting for you the fact that um, I get a certain thing from change.org, and it's gotten more and more uh, present-day political, very, very focused, I suppose. And I've gotten two, and the first one um, that I read had to do, one was about sharks, and one was about, um, about using sharks to, to, um, to make these vaccines. And it was against that because we're harming sharks or we're, we're upsetting the, um, the ecosystem. But the one that really made me kind of, I wanted to keep, I kept it somewhere. I don't have it right in front of me, but it was about this, this kitten. I think the kitten's name was Copper or some cute little name. And what it said was they wanted petitions signed to stop this because I think it was the VA or someone was using <coughs> these kittens to, um, to experiment on. Um, they were uh, for different medical devices and things like that. Yep. And mm-hmm. when I 
I read it. I even told you in one of our last oh, a program I called in before that I had <laughs> unwittingly, I did not know, I had witnessed an actual um, <clears throat> abortion um, at, at, during a hysterectomy, and I saw this human being with little legs and little arms and the doctor opening its legs and saying it's a boy and then turning it I over remember and that. putting it in a bucket. Yes, a yeah. bucket to die. Still alive. So uh-huh. Still alive. And I see it because it was came out in the uterus because it was a hysterectomy. Yeah. So, But it was for the purpose of both getting rid of – because it was a Catholic woman who didn't want to tell her husband she was pregnant again. Mm-hmm. So, um, But bottom line here is that – so I'm bringing that up because I saw that. I froze up. It took me mm-hmm. a year before I could cry. However, when I read, when I hear the rhetoric over and over about abortion, anti-abortion, this or that, and those the same words, I get dull. And when I see this yeah. thing about the kitten, and it described exactly <clears throat> yeah. what partial, what they call partial birth abortion is, where they take it, you know, the trochanter, and they put it in the back of the neck, and they. You know, I mean, you have to literally, I won't go into it because it's very graphic and I don't know, you know, and again, that's one of our problems. We can look at it with a, with a kitten and really freak out, but yet we talk about this partial birth abortion when the actual way it has to be done, it can't be done any other way. Because it's done outside the womb with the baby's arms yes. flailing and the legs flailing as long as the head is still in the womb and the scissors hasn't been jabbed into the neck yet, the child is alive and it's an abortion. The minute the child's yes. head would come out of the womb, then it's murder, in, in, uh, according to the law, which, of course, won't be murder anymore. It, it's insane, well, Rosa. And, and according to someone, and again, I'm not downing this person, but they will lose sleep and they put a lot of energy into saving the kitten. I yeah. love animals. I love St. Francis. But one other thing we cannot confuse is that when you talk, we still call it abortion, but when you talk, and I can't remember, I, I, I won't say because I'm not positive on which uh Democratic person said that about once the baby is born, like you said, if it's a bot, quote botched abortion. In other words, if a baby survives an abortion, they just leave it. They leave it to yeah. die unattended. That's mm-hmm. no longer an abortion. That's infanticide. That's Period. exactly right. Exactly right. Exactly so anyway, right. And mm-hmm. go, go ahead. ahead. I'm sorry. Well, I was just well, going to no, say no, that, that with Biden, and I'm using the name because uh, President Trump said that he signed a law that we can do that, um, that uh, that will continue to be infanticide. And President Trump has just signed into law that that babies born or uh, botched abortion, so to speak, babies born outside the mother's womb and are still alive. They must be treated. They can't be killed or left in a garbage bag. <laughs> Yes, yes. And and the thing so therefore if you just take two steps of logic, yeah. a baby who is, you know, regardless of anything, so there they are. They're a living, they aren't partially gone, they are living and they're left to die of neglect. Um bleed to death if if they don't have the umbilical cord done or starve or dehydrated to death or whatever they do. Um, you have to, you, or just literally killed, 
after they're out of the womb, that is infanticide, period. Of course. Of course it is. And the other thing uh, I want to say is, is also, again, the language. Just in the contrast between going through medical school in the 1980s where it was not even an issue. I mean, abortion was abortion. It was here. But it was not an issue in the schools to say, hey, if you're, that's not for you and you don't want to be a part of any, any uh, attending physician, any teacher that does abortions, you just tell us and we'll just get you with someone who doesn't do them. It was no big deal. Now, you, it's almost um, malpractice not to do it. But I do want to add one quick other thing about language. So we And have- hold on a minute, Rosa. Hold on. If anybody is listening and you're getting impatient that Rosa is speaking too long, I beg you to listen to her. Everything she's saying is gold. It's true. And I would say it myself, but this is Rosa's profession and experience, and she's explaining it extremely well. So this is very important. Go ahead, Rosa. The only other, well, how I want to link this up, because we, we, we have a tremendous ability to slice off parts of any argument or anything in life. We don't, we don't see the abuser in our own household. We don't see, you know, there's many things we can, we, we don't follow the steps for whatever reason, not because even if, even if we're wounded and we shut it out because we can't deal with it. Right. Exactly. Right. Exactly. Right. So when we go back, when we talked about birth control, we go back to saying, okay, this was started in a eugenic movement, meaning we want a group of people. And I will say, I, I checked it out and they were- yeah, I know, like go ahead. Okay, so, um, but the fact that the birth control started out in a eugenics movement, right. um, abortion- Describe eugenics, what that but, means for people who don't understand eugenics. Okay, well, I won't go into the whole history. It's it starts. No, the history, but just what that means. So eugenics means that a a group of people um, Mm -hmm. decide, and it's not necessarily white. It can be like it started out from some Nordic group. I don't know where it started, but um, anyway, that's all right. It's um, it's a group of people and or a government and or an institution that believes that. There are other people, not just races, but peoples, Italians included, and I'm Italian, um, that are not, they're inferior. They, they, do, they need to be educated for what they were, quote, genetically. Or eliminated. Or, or eliminated. eliminated. Margaret yes, Sanger started Planned Parenthood to eliminate black people. Well, and I will just on to divert on that one. Quite inadvertently, I went to the Martin Luther King Museum because I was bored during a conference once. And I thought, well, this is really cool. And it was out at his, um, where he was assassinated. And so it was in Memphis, Tennessee. And there was a timeline that she was a very low budget timeline. And I'm walking, I'm looking at these really awful pictures of what happened to blacks in the United States throughout the photographic history. And here's one from a bunch of people in front of a car, white people, um, and it said they were like standing together like a group photo. And there was one woman and I looked down, and this is before I knew anything about Margaret Sanger. I looked down and Margaret Sanger was one of them. And that was there, not as the darling of women's rights, that was there because the, all the group photo was no one eugenicist who wanted to wipe out black people. Yeah. So, 
Um, you know, but we don't see that. But anyway, circling back here, anyone who has a disabled child, severely disabled, because I work with them too, um, will know that it's really hard to fight for their rights. That's why there's a lot of groups. And I'm circling this back to the whole movement as well, because the disabled for a long time were sterilized against their will. And that right. was wiped out. That Or in earlier times, simply put to death. Right. Right. So on July 24th, 2020, I I get a medical article from the American College of Obstetrics and Gynecology, which talks about using um, off-label uses of an IUD, which is an intrauterine device, which can have its own problem, does have its own problem. Does. As an, op- as an option for, quote, menstrual management in adults, in adolescents with disabilities. But if you look down, they define the, the adolescents as age 9 to 22 years. Wow. So they're taking these children and they're putting them in, um, and it was done, uh, they, were, they were put in through, um, in the operating room. So this is this big study. So when I'm looking at this, I'm thinking... We already know that that there's a high level of of um, of sexual perpetration of um, rape, basically, for people with disabilities. Um, that's already statistically known. So all I'm saying is that we have to kind of circle and say this is not a one. It's not just three words. You know, you are for abortion, or how many words, or you're against right. abortion. This mm-hmm. is a whole complex. And this is stuff that is being done throughout a spectrum. And we're, we can't help it. We're only human. We hear the thing that pertains to us. And we can't go back. And sometimes we have a gut. I still have gut reactions. I have many friends who had multiple abortions. And I don't want to harm them. I can't preach to them. But I want to love them. I can't mm-hmm. do that. And a lot of people... Again, with you, when we talk about the murder, then they close up and go, yeah. oh, well, gosh, she's calling me a murderer, you know? Mm-hmm. So I would just love for you to go on and talk about this power of language and how sometimes we do have to mourn. We do have to cry. We do have to say, my gosh, I asked my, I, I pushed my daughter into getting an abortion or I got an abortion because I was afraid to tell my parents or I thought I had too many kids and I couldn't take another one. This is, we are, we're not given all the facts. We can cry at the kitten, and I love kittens, believe me, and I've got a dog laying right over here, but, um, but we don't cry at the babies. And I spent three weeks in Russia, Far East Russia, where uh, uh, parents were mandated to not have more than two children. And so the highest, almost the um, majority of abortions were by married women who could not dare have a third child. Uh, not by single uh, unwed women or uh, teenagers, but by married women who uh, could not have more than two children. Um, you know, it's, um, you're right, we're, we're in a stupor. We're in a stupor. There's so much evil, Rosa, that we can't even understand it anymore. Um, uh, I have women come here sometimes and use language, come to enter a religious order 
and have behaviors and use language that wouldn't be acceptable outside in the secular world. But that's the way they have been formed. So we do become blind and deaf to it. Um, just as in the scriptures talk about, the more we sin, the more um, uh, we are off course, uh, we get scabs over our conscience. And then uh, we don't feel things anymore because we have scabs over wounds and and we're, we're not clear anymore. You stick a pin in us, we hardly feel it. So there's the music. Uh, Rosa, hang on again. We're going to try to get to the other Rosa's email uh, when we come back from the break, but we'll we'll continue um, just to wrap up, Rosa. Hold on, everyone. And again, you're welcome to call in. Toll-free 1-877-511-5483. We'll be right back. The future of the family is grim. As Our Lady of Fatima said, the final battle will be for the family. It truly seems as though we're in the heat of this final battle and we need your help. Our mission at LifeSite News is to educate and activate readers with the information they need to defend life and the family and restore Christian culture. We are currently the most popular pro-life website on the internet with over 40 million unique users every year. And we've been experiencing an even bigger reach than ever this year. But we need your help to reach more of the 7.7 billion people on earth if we are to truly succeed in changing the culture. Please consider donating to help our mission of promoting the culture of life and fearless defenders of the faith like Mother Miriam. Visit give.lifesite.news.com to give today. Thank you for your support. Jesse Romero. I'm a retired Los Angeles cop. I'm a Catholic lay evangelist. You probably hear me Monday through Friday at the Terry and Jesse show. My new show on spiritual warfare is called Jesus 911. Every Saturday at noon, that's a soul patrol Catholic program where three cops on fire with our Catholic faith. You can hear this program around the world on the iCatholic radio app. Jesus 911, Saturdays at noon here on the station of the Cross Radio Catholic Network. God bless you. Keep the faith. Make sure to tune in to Stand Out for Life every Saturday morning at 9 a.m. Eastern. Father Imperato, why should people tune in this week? Well, this Saturday, Jim, we are going to discuss living the gospel of life. One bishop called this document the most important document the USCCB has ever promulgated. So my brothers and sisters in Christ, hear how the bishops of the United States lay the lie for the consistent life ethic for the seamless garment this Saturday, 9 a.m. Welcome to Mother Miriam Live on the Station of the Cross Catholic Radio Network with live video streaming brought to you by LifeSite News and the Station of the Cross. Call Mother with your questions at 1-877-511-5483 or email her at mother at thestationofthecross.com. Welcome back, beloved, to Mother Miriam Live. This is our last segment. We've spent uh, a good amount of time with Rosa uh, from California, who is a physician and uh, has um, a wonderfully insightful um, message about our, um, uh, what should we say, Rosa, our growing 
um, dim, blind, uh, used to, so used to the evil of, of language, of society, of speech, of dress, of all of it, that we no longer can distinguish what is right from wrong or moral from immoral. And as Rosa pointed out, we look at the abortion of a child and we could see it. And, you know, ho-hum, we might be a little upset by it if we haven't seen it before, but come on, it goes on all the time. But then we see a kitten being tortured to death and torn apart, and we're, we're, we're upset. We call all our friends. We pass the video around and say, could you believe this? Because it's, our system's not used to it yet. Um, Rosa, dear... Um, you're 100% right in everything you said. And we see um, even uh, the people in the street. Uh, we see, you know, America. I'm embarrassed to walk through the streets. I'm not so holy. And before I was a nun, I wasn't a nun. And before I was a Christian, I wasn't a Christian. But I can't ever imagine dressing uh, most of the women... Uh, uh, I I don't want to go too far in my speech to tell you what I think, but tremendously exposed, immoral, improper. I'm embarrassed for them, and they don't know it. They don't know it. And people say, well, where are the mothers that allow their children to dress like that? And the fact is the the mothers dress the same. And And they get offended if you say anything. Because uh, they've lost the sense of dignity, self-respect, morality, all of that. It, it's, it's a fight to even help people to see it, let alone to begin to restore the moral fabric of, of a people that God has created. Yes, Mother. You know, um, one last thing. Um, well, just in what you said, too, I still want to go back to the mind-numbingness. Yes, how please. We can get. You know, I was brought up in Southern California, land of laying on the beach in bikinis, and I was brought up in the 60s. And I've already told you stuff you know, about my life that I am, oh, you know, I wish I could go back and redo it all. However... Um, I'll give you a little... uh, But Rosa, I interrupt you to say that you couldn't be saying what you're saying now unless God brought you out of that life. And he couldn't have brought you out of it if you weren't in it. So you have the perspective that helps many, many people. Go ahead. Yes. So just two last points. One of them just to what you said, and one of them is about um, the the vote. The first one, um, there was a woman who was a product of physical abuse. She had three children, and she was thrown down the stairs regularly, a very Catholic family. Um, But she, um, both of her, two of her kids were being um, sexually molested by a, a cousin. And when she found that out, this woman was so numb anyway. She loved her children. But she still would dress her little nine-year-old in a, when I saw them, um, in a little t-shirt that said sexy girl on it and could not put the dot, link the dots together. In other words, you can get so mind numb or so you cannot connect the dots. Now, one last thing. This is like a child. So I've got, it's not an argument for anything, but 
my brother um, was homosexual. He actually had been molested in a Catholic school when he was six. Now, he died at the age of 33 of AIDS. I watched him go through it. It was so horrible and so sad. All those young men at that time, they had, and Fauci actually was part of the big head of the CDC at that time. But anyway, it was so um, it was so it was so difficult. However, I and I wasn't even back in the Catholic Church. I didn't even know I believed in God. But I remember when we were voting for I think it was Clinton at that time. And my ex was uh, now ex-husband was going to vote for Clinton. And I just said, I cannot. And people that were my friends said, look, you know, how can you do this? Your own brother would be, you know, just a couple of years ago would be put in jail. I said, look, if I don't vote pro-life, I am, I am not giving that human a chance. Whether that human turns out to be homosexual, whether they turn out to be not That's right. That's right. Turn out everything. Let let them. I'm not allowing that person to come out and maybe change, turn the whole world on its ear in a good way or a bad way. We I don't know, but I need to let that person come out. And if they want to change the laws, that's who's going to be after me. They can change the laws, but don't snuff them out before we have a chance. Because look back in history. We're not any different than we were 30, 40 years ago, 50, 60. We just have different fashions and we just have different technology. Rosa, Rosa, I think what you've just said is the the answer. I I, I, I know people who are going to who are Catholic, who are going to vote Democrat are going to come against this. But I think what you just said is somehow the only answer to people that would, Catholics, any Christian, that would put uh, Vice President Biden in office. They don't connect the dots. I cannot, they're going to fight this, of course, but that's the only thing I can think of. They're, they're, they are uh, dumb, uh, silent, and said they're not dumb people, they're intelligent, but a scab is over their hearts or their minds or something to not allow them to connect the 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 vital dots that would reelect our current president they're willing to allow the murder of millions of children to continue and every other abomination and evil to be perpetrated on us including the advance of a one world government and i i i cannot think that the only it's an emotional situation and they cannot they don't people say who are you to judge mother miriam that you don't connect the dots you don't choose uh, people you like or people that are going to give you so-called free health care over people who are going to pass laws to murder children if you do that you personally who voted for them are a participant in their acts Any last yes, thought, thank Rosa? You, oh, well, thank you very much. And I, I'm sorry that in some ways I took up your whole time. but I let um, you do that because I think this presentation was that you have made so articulately uh, was too important to not, to not uh, let you have this time. It was excellent. Well, it was through a lot of, I mean, I'm telling you too. It's one, other, one thing about uh, what you just said 
one of our blind spots, I know for me, and that's why I know for others, is that when we've denied so much of ourselves, like children I never had, that I cry about every single day because <laughs> I contracepted or whatever, um, mm-hmm. it's too hard to face that. I'd rather support what got me to this place than to face the pain. And I think this is the time we there have you to go. face our pain. I think you're right. I think you're right with the uh, psychology of that. I think you're right. And all we can do, and I do it, is beg everyone to um, embrace God's love for you. And whatever wounded issue had, whatever you've been through, embrace God's love and forgiveness and, um, and help others to not go through it or to not be uh, killed further. So God bless all of you. Rose, I bless God for your call today, and uh, we'll see you all tomorrow. God bless you.